the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Oh, Mondays. Are Mondays, fun days still on the stock market? Or is that not going to happen? Bulls, i.e. people who want the market to go higher, are pleased that we're not talking recession. They're happy not to talk about it, to be quite honest with you. Um, Bears, they're saying the worst is yet to come from the Federal Reserve pain in rate hikes. Ultimately, um, we got a lot to process here, in my opinion. Uh, Let's start with what happened year to date and last week and things that we do on Mondays. Year to date, the Nasdaq's up 37, almost 38%. Wow. The S&P 500's up 19.8%, almost 20%. Stunning. Looking at the calendar, it's the last day of July, so we're almost seven months through a 12-month year. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 7%. So even though there's some broadening into the lower performer, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, the upper performer, the NASDAQ, is egregiously having a great year. And that tells me if I'm new money, I'd be careful or I would be thoughtful about where I put it. Google, a.k.a. Alphabet, up 48.7% year to date. What we've learned with NVIDIA, with Amazon, with Alphabet, I guess with Apple to a much lesser degree is that when there's corrections of 10, 15, 20% or more in alphabets and Amazon's case, it can be an attractive entry point. I've often said on this show, I like stocks that pull back 10 to 20% on my blue chip names, 20 to 40% on my big tech mega cap stock names and 40 to 50% on names that are hyper aggressive, like maybe a Tesla, for example, although I do not own Tesla. I own it at S&P 500 funds. And to be honest with you, I think I have enough growthy, growthiness, growthy, growthiness in my portfolio. As a soft landing for the economy comes into view, the S&P 500 is on track to wrap up July. It's fifth straight monthly gain. Unless it's a jinx and it falls hundreds of points a day. Jinx. Um, over the last 30 years, August and September have been the worst two months of the year for the S&P 500. That's worthy of note, I think. Google had a nice push last week, up 10%. This week, we are going to get earnings from Apple. Last week, I would say the big tech delivered between Microsoft, Meta, and Google Alphabet. I don't really want to go into that story. Uh, part of me, there's a meta story out there on politics and the algorithms and how the algorithms are being used to create divide between, say, me and my brother or me and my neighbor, or Northern Southern, or Republican Democrat. I guess that's really what I'm trying to say, right? Barbie closes in on $1 billion two weekends in. Greta Gerwig's 
phenomenon has already crossed 775 million in the international box office. It's days away from hitting the 1 billion mark. No solo woman director has ever had a movie exceed that threshold. Haven't seen it. And no mention of Barbie would be complete without talking about Oppenheimer. It also had a nice weekend at the movie theaters. Money can buy you love. No, it can't buy you love. But it also can't buy you a baseball pennant. The Steve Cohen's gamble on the Mets. He traded very pricey uh, players this weekend. Basically, this last offseason was a colossal failure. The owner of the Mets, I bring this up, is Steve Cohen. He's a hedge fund billionaire. The Mets paid eye-watering sums for star players, amassing a record-shattering $364 million payroll. Fast forward. And their playoff dream didn't happen. So they're shipping off their prized assets to rebuild the future. That's fascinating to me. Not a bad recipe for the record. Um, Get the most highly sought after free agents and trade them after a year or within that first year that it doesn't work out. Not always going to be takers, but I'm just throwing it down there for you. Um, military takeover in the West African country of Niger last week has created a belt of six African countries coast to coast where military juntas are now in charge of the government. Interesting, right? Um, I will say this. I don't know a lot about the African continent anymore. Like, I think my prime days of knowing might have been high school or college, just not in my, my wheelhouse of news. I could say the same thing about South America as well. Maybe to a much lesser extent. This week, we get a jobs report. Fed Chairman Jerome Powell said that upcoming economic data releases would guide their next interest rate decisions. A big one drops on Friday that July's job report. It's expected to show the U.S. added 200,000 jobs, a healthy number, but a sign that the labor market is cooling down. So now we want to see a little bit of cooling down to keep inflation away. We get big earnings this week from Apple, Amazon, Starbucks, Airbnb, and Uber. The Mega Millions jackpot has hit $1.05 billion, the seventh largest U.S. lottery prize ever. Hmm. We get a supermoon on Tuesday. Is that the day to play the lottery? <laughs> That's what a lot of people just said in their head. Is that the day? I, I think I'm not legal in any way, shape, or form on this show, but I think President Trump, former President Trump, um, <clears throat> He's going to get indicted this week. And all of his political legal problems are polling numbers are starting to get dented. Trump's political action committee, Save America, is expected to disclose today that it spent $40 million in legal costs in the first half of the year to defend the uh, president. Here's one thing that I, I, I want to talk about lawyers right now. And if you're a lawyer, I'm not trying to piss you off. But I've got a friend uh, of the family. Wife, husband, two kids. Um, she married very, very well. Um, over the last couple of years, the husband has gotten a little strange, uh, maybe medically strange, like um, something's happened chemically in his body. And I'm not saying he's doing drugs. I'm saying like he's just changing to the point like he'll go out for a walk and not tell anyone and show up two hours later. Um, so they've she's decided to divorce and he's decided to lawyer up. And... He comes from money and she she's a school teacher. 
and I'm hearing all, all this, you know, second person. Uh, I told my wife, California is a new fault state. They should really decide to get a mediator and not lawyer up. She doesn't have the money. It's going to create bad blood between her and him. It's going to damage the children when the mom or the dad talks bad about the other. And that's my advice. So when I see Trump spending $40 million on the lawyers, I get it. Totally different scenario. When I see my listeners do it or people that I know and love to basically try to win a divorce, it's a no-fault state. I know you're hurt, but go back to the point where you love that person and try to find something in common and get a mediator. End well for the kids, please. X reinstated Kanye West's account after nearly eight month long suspension. That should be interesting. American swimmer Katie Ledecky broke Michael Phelps record with her 16th individual gold medal at the world championships. That's something to be proud of. And the U.S. Southwest is set to ease the heat wave this week with the arrival of rains. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Big event coming up in August in the third week, Thursday, in the Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos. The seven tests for retirement readiness. Sign up at robblackshow.com. Think you're in good shape for retirement? Find out how you're really doing with the seven tests of retirement readiness. Join Rob Black and CFP Chad Burton of EP Wealth Advisors, Thursday, August 24th in Los Gatos. They'll walk you through these seven tests to find out whether you are really ready for the retirement you want. Rob will provide timely commentary, and Chad will share specific strategies for taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals, and more. If you have at least 500000 in investable assets and want to retire better, pass on your estate, and minimize taxes, this event is for you. Find out if you're on the right track with the seven tests of retirement readiness. Thursday, August 24th, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at the Los Gatos Toll House Hotel. Space is limited, so sign up today at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Can you pass all seven tests? Sign up today online at robblackshow.com. Thanks for being a part of the show. Um, It is really something that's very important to me, and I hope you can hear it when I talk to you about it on air that when I say I've got a friend who's going through a divorce and if you can go through arbitration, it's going to be a lot cheaper than an attorney's. And I know that's not practical advice to say, you know, don't lawyer up. I know your heart's hurt, but eh, arbitration's the way to go. I've seen it work so many times and it's a fraction of the cost of going through a divorce attorney. And again, in California, it's a no-fault state in this case. So you can't, like, win. Okay, let's talk more, shall we? What shall we talk about? Let's talk about today's market and today's economy. Following Freddie's stock rally, it looks like things were going to open up a little bit higher. It's a busy week for earnings reports, Apple and Amazon, which report after the close on Thursday. Headline earnings calendar. Um, those guys are stars. Notable, notable economic releases include July's manufacturing index, the July non-manufacturing index, and the July employment report that's due on Friday. 
So the first manufacturing index is Tuesday. The non-manufacturing is Thursday and economic data comes out big time on Friday with the jobs report. Oftentimes on the show, you'll hear me say, if you only pay attention to one economic piece of data because you're busy dating and dancing and living life, let that one piece of data be the employment report on the first Friday of the month. If Americans have jobs, typically I'm going to say the odds of the market going higher start there. Now there's inflation. There's, you know, other things like disruptments in the market. Um, but that's the basic idea. Minneapolis Fed Chair Neil Kashkari said in an interview over the weekend he is no longer expecting a U.S. recession. Ford is aiming to recall 870,000 F-150 trucks. Johnson & Johnson. Oh, and let me, let me talk about that real quick. A recall. In your head of heads, you go, that's bad for the stock. But they have insurance for that. In your head of heads, what you could say is that it was a reliable vehicle that now some people may go, oh, I've heard that they had some recalls. That's more of how a company could, could get damaged in recalls more often than not. Johnson & Johnson is another top lagger this morning on a report that a judge ruled against resolving talc claims in the bankruptcy. Um, that's a crazy, I was about to throw down a cuss word. That's a crazy story. Um, and I'll tell you why, because we grew up with Johnson & Johnson baby powder. And talc, if you ever take a look at a YouTube video, is this big chunky mass that needs to be pounded and pounded and pounded and pounded to make enough nice, fine powder to put on a baby's butt. I mean, I remember baby powder well because I had a, I was eight years old when my sister was born. So I was like, I wasn't the primary diaper changer, but I did a lot of diapers. And um, at bath time, I took care of her kind of thing. I gave my parents a little bit of a break. So I have a close relationship with my sister. Uh, but I remember Baby Powder well. So when Johnson Johnson got in trouble for it, because the pounding, pounding, pounding part of the big chunk of talc, it's done. It used to be done with hammers that had asbestos on them. Um, and you just wonder when is the story going to end? I've heard about Johnson Johnson talc baby powder litigation for like four to five years now, and it's not fun to do a report on that because. In the past, I'd say Johnson Johnson is one of those companies that it's not going to go out of business anytime soon. And they're going to be slowly involved in our lives. They probably won't come out with baby powder 2.0, and then suddenly they come out with baby powder 2.0. I'm just throwing that down for you. Let's see how we're doing on the final day of the year. The market's opened a little bit higher than they are now. In fact, I would say they opened warm, and now they're they're neutral. So the SP five hundred is up one tenth of one percent. The Dow Jones Industrial Average thirty is down eight basis points. That's one tenth of a percent minus two basis points. The Nasdaq's up twelve basis points. That's one tenth of a percent plus two basis points. Huge trucking operation, Giant, is shutting its doors. Yellow, one of the oldest and biggest U.S. trucking businesses, is preparing to file for bankruptcy and is in discussion to sell off all or parts of its business. 
one area that America needs, I know you're saying uh, virtual assistant technology. No, 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 no. Um, Exposure to um, what is it? Is it going to be exposure to the metaverse? No, 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 no. We need trucks. It may not be the sexiest of jobs, but Yellow, who is a business that's been around for 99 years, that's impressive. Since 1922. No, 1924. Excuse me. It's one of the oldest and biggest trucking companies shut down on Sunday, wrecked by a string of mergers that left it saddled with debt installed by a standoff with the Teamsters Union. This company moves freight for Home Depot, Walmart, and a lot of other businesses. Um, 12,000 plus trucks. I used to look at the stock and go, interesting. Now, in the end, I prefer trains over trucks because a truck business is one driver, one rig, typically with one crate behind them, sometimes two. Long haul trucking is interesting to study. Um, I never found it to be intriguing as far as an investment goes. Um, to take that extra step, but there's not a lot of players in the business. So I prefer trains because you can put hundreds of cars behind a conductor versus trucks where you can put one or two behind a driver. Um, but I don't think I would do this because it doesn't, I, I just can't handle big ranks. Like once you get past a 150 Ford F-150, vehicles get very big for me. And I'm like, I don't know if I feel comfortable with this. I might kill someone. Um, I would never be a trucker, but man, the pay is good. But I guess life is also not so good. Back to school 2023. We'll talk about this in the next segment. Back to school 2023 could be the most expensive school year ever. What does that mean and how does it affect the average family? We'll talk about it as the show goes on. I'll find more stories for you. Maybe we'll hit a little bit of a stock that looks interesting. You can find me at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show, big event coming up in August. You can learn more about it at robblackshow.com. What is the big event? It is tied to CFP Chad Burton giving a speech two hours on a Thursday evening, August 24th at the Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos with good for people with $500,000 or more investable assets. You can find out more about the event by going to Rob Black Show. What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. So my company that I work with, EP Wealth, I sold the company that CFP Chad Burton and myself um, started 25 years ago to EP Wealth because they have more services. Um, one of the services that they have, it's pretty common is they offer 401k for employees, but they've moved it from who was administering it last year. They're moving it to a different firm this year, uh, fidelity. And that process of the movement takes a couple of weeks where basically you can't see what you own. And I miss it. I like checking on my finances on a regular basis. And even more importantly, when I can't, it bothers me. My advice to you is try to find a program that shows your net worth. EP Wealth has one called eMoney. 
that I think is darling. If you go to YouTube and type in e-money, you can see demos of it. That's what you're looking for. Something that shows your assets and your liabilities. I'm sure there's other tools on the market. Most of them I am not aware of, but I would imagine LearnVest has something very similar that would be free. Again, you get what you pay for. When I bought a mountain home five years ago, the previous owner didn't take care of it very much. Um, so his heat tape for the winter was like Home Depot's or in this case, Ace Hardware. And that first winter, I lost part of the roof. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get better heat tape. So I went with a more industrial version from kind of an industrial version kind of a city. And uh, Reno sells it for contractors and electricians. And over the next five years, kind of lost a shingle here or there. So I finally decided, okay, I'm going to spend money and get something that they would put on an Aspen house that, you know, gets rocked by winters. Um, and it's a lot more expensive, but you get what you pay for. I think that's worthy of note in financial planning as well as in heat tape to help keep snow off of your roof line from becoming ice dams. It's not the snow that's the problem. It's the ice that's the problem elsewhere out there. Um, so what I was trying to get at is I can't see my 401k and it kind of bothers me. You should get a portfolio management system that shows your net worth, how much you own versus how much you owe. And did you know that you can have a financial advisor at EP Wealth help manage your portfolio? They have a $500,000 minimum, but part of your 401k can go to that. Is it right for everyone? No. Most people don't need a financial planner until they have 500000 to $2 million plus. Um, it's more of a wealth accumulation game before then, which turns into a wealth management game. Um, I feel very, very comfortable saying that. An individual has been shown by a study at Schwab will underperform with a similar net worth of an individual who is a do-it-yourselfer versus an individual that works with a financial planner or a financial professional. Um, of course, this isn't always appropriate. Um, if you're getting caught up over the management fees and you have mutual funds that have 1% management fees, you're making a mistake. Um, in my opinion, it's a little more closer to induction and stocks ever mentioned the show. Anyway, if you ever need a referral to a financial planner or even the one that I work with, contact me at rob at robblackshoe.com, rob at robblackshoe.com. The Disney magic got a, a treatment in Barron's this weekend. If you know me, you know that I love the Wall Street Journal. And Barron's is kind of my lowest common denominator reads in financial media. Um, I'm not if that I can't go lower than that. I can't go to like the Chicago Tribune. I can't go to Newsweek. Um, typically, when you find an article on the internet, many times when it comes to finance, it's been written by somebody who's 25 years old or younger. And I just don't think that they have the experience personally to be writing financial articles. But Barron's, I think, does a really, really nice job of getting writers to interview experts. And they have a nice piece on Disney. Um, they brought back two executives that were let go that were on track to replace um, uh, Bob Iger. Bob Iger was there. He left. The crown of CEO went to Bob Chapek. He kind of 
didn't really do a great job in the very short period of time that he was there. So Disney's shares went low and Prince Charming Bob Iger comes back. And this time around, he's made it clear it's not going to be a Disney world for the company. It's going to be some painful cost cuts, a renewed focus on lower costs and doing what it does best could help the media titan shares recover from a long slump. Once was a favorite of growth investors like myself, shares have tumbled 60% from their peaks in 2021. Bob Iger is ready to make some tough choices as he works to join the house of mouse and, you know, bring it back to its glory again. If this were a fairy tale, you would compare it to something like sleeping beauty. Companies have been a little bit overrun with vines. They're waiting for someone to help. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who is making up a Disney for its opposition, I think you could say that he would be cast as the Wicked Witch or the the Evil Sorcerer. The movies coming out of Disney have been in a slump, to say the least, ever since the Avengers lines of movies wrapped up. They really haven't found their groove. Some of the groove that they found is in their money-losing TV service, Disney+, Plus, which again... Key in on the phrase, money losing. Bob Iger has recently said, uh, if we didn't move, if we didn't have so much Star Wars and superhero content on Disney, plus maybe there'd be more hunger for it on the big screen. Um, but if you take a look at their movies, Elemental, Indiana Jones, Dial of Destiny, um, fell short of expectations and company, not companies, but names like Barbie and Oppenheimer, um, as well as Super Mario Brothers, all did well this summer. So what's going to happen? Disney wasn't built in a day, and it's going to take probably one to two years to turn around the company. But Barron's is saying costs have been cut, shows have been canceled. There's a focus going forward on what Disney does well in profitability. Even the dividend paused in 2020 could return this year. When the dividends there, I'll have confidence to say the stock's buy because it's really not going to be for growth tech investors. It's going to be for um, investors who are more reasonable in their expectations for growth and income. More balanced, more of a like a Starbucks type play than, say, an NVIDIA type play. For now, the brightest spot in Disney's portfolio of product is theme parks, cruises, and consumer products business. That division is more than a third of revenue for the company, $28.7 billion. It's two-thirds of profits, though. So it's a third of revenue, but two-thirds of profits. The theme parks have done well as COVID has pulled back, although I have heard there's going to be a surge this winter. I don't know if you want to curse me or spit on your radio, whatever it is to show your anger, hiss at the radio, hiss at your speakers. Is that better? There's been a big drop off in waiting times at Disney. Manager says that per capita spending at Disney's parks is more than 40% higher than in 2019 because they have things like Genie Plus and Lightning Lane, which gets you to the front of the line faster, which I don't know how I feel about that. Um, I'm considered wealthy, and for damn sure, if I were to go to Disney, I'm buying the Genie Plus or the Lightning Lane. 
because I don't like lines, but I'm damn sure that when I get out of that line, some kids have been waiting there for three hours. When I jump to the front for a 15 minute line, some kids have been waiting there for three hours who have sunburn are going to look at me with, with just disdain. But the parks are really powerful right now. And they attract consumers with higher purchasing power whose spending tends to grow faster than nominal GDP. It's a good structural position to be in. Now, one area that they're in trouble is ABC, ESPN, Disney Channel, FX, and National Geographic. Um, Expensive to create content. And the streaming segment is slowing cable business. So they have Disney Plus, which is pulling away from ABC, ESPN, Disney Channel, FX, and National Geographic channels. Um, a little bit of cannibalization there, of which Disney's Iger has said ESPN will probably become its own standalone app soon. Not six months soon, but maybe six months to two years soon. Operating income in their um, media business. It's not bad, but it dropped 11% to $7.3 billion. Now, again, if we're new back to parks, the parks pulled in $7.9 billion in profit on much smaller revenue compares and costs. Streaming has yet to take the baton. Disney's direct-to-consumer segment lost $4.2 billion in the past four reported quarters. On revenue of $20.8 billion, things should improve as Iger focuses on running and streaming businesses for profitability. The writer strike and the Screen Actors Guild strike definitively, in my opinion, short-term help Disney and Netflix um, as those are big costs to produce shows. So far, I haven't canceled my Disney Plus. So far, I haven't canceled my Netflix. How long the writer strike goes on? How does it affect them? Netflix is very different. They've got studios worldwide, especially in Spain and Korea, that are rocking out content. Um. I had a friend recently watch Train to Busan, I think it's called. Um, and he loved it. And he, he was like, I didn't think I would get over the Korean subtitles. Like, it was too much for me. And uh, he got over it. He said, that was a great movie. Um, so Disney plans to allow U.S. users access to Hulu via the Disney Plus app. They've got plans. They've got some bungling ideas. Short term, it looks painful, but I think, like I said, the actors and writer strike should help them from losing money in content creation. Interesting article in Barron's on the value of the company. They're saying buy it now for the long term patient investor. I'm Rob Black. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archive podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth's certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. I didn't get to the action items that I wanted to get to with the Disney article in Barron's, which, again, I really like the um, newspaper for the average reader. It was a good read. It was a good five-minute read this weekend. I just highlighted all the problems with the company where parks are doing really well. Streaming's not doing well at all. Well, it's doing well, but it's losing money. And the movies aren't really propping it up like it used to. Even the superheroes, the Star Wars, like there's problems in Paradise that is Disney. There's thoughts that they could sell off parts of the company. Maybe the whole Star Wars franchise. That would be interesting to see in other people's hands, right? But more importantly, in this Barron's article, there was a great ending to it. They said, ways for the Disney stock to go higher is reinstating its dividend, number one. 
company plans to restart its payout by the end of 2023 is the expectation. The company certainly has the money to do it with free cash flow expected to hit $3.6 billion this year and $9 billion in fiscal 2025. Paying the dividend is important because it shows a focus on free cash flow. Disney needs to get back to that $8 billion to $10 billion range in a few years for the stock to be supported by the cash flow. Um, that's interesting. The dividend could do it, but you know what else could do it? And this was brought on by Needham. Needham is a big research house. They suggested the idea that if Disney doesn't really want to see an end to this, that they can sell the company. They can sell parts of the company. Bob Iger has talked to the ESPN, uh, talked to the NBA, the NFL, Major League Baseball about the potential partnering on content for ESPN to kind of send the cost left and right. My son loves that show on Netflix called Quarterbacks, where it highlighted three quarterbacks from last season. Martin Marietta, who ultimately lost his job. Kirk Cousins, who he's like the star of the show, I think, because he's just kind of a little quirky. And Patrick Mahomes, where the guy is a competitor and you see crazy stuff in the show. But it's so not like the NFL. It's not Sunday only or what it used to be Sunday only. It's content that they packaged after the season to keep you interested in the upcoming season. I could see how that would be attractive to the NBA, NFL, and Major League Baseball. So Needham is a research house, and they say Apple should buy Disney to propel its virtual and augmented reality ambitions. That's pretty interesting. I don't know if Disney wants to, to be in theme parks certainly could help their business with Apple TV to get all that content. It would mean exclusively owned content for the Apple Vision Pro headset and creative possibilities using AR at the theme parks. Apple doesn't need to make money from the content. Instead, using its lure to sell more high margin hardware, Disney is already initial content partner for the Vision Pro. With Iger making an appearance at the unveiling event in June, you may remember. So if you believe we're moving into a world where goggles or headsets are the next computing platform, Apple and Meta would be big players. Disney becomes a very interesting target. Disney's $210 billion enterprise value is just 7% of Apple's market capitalization or two years of free cash flow. And if investors responded well to an acquisition announcement, it might be able to afford the whole ball of wax in, say, six months with just stock appreciation. Would Congress be freaked out? I think they would be. Um, would Cook be so brave? I don't know if he has to be. Right now, he, his legend is, is cemented. Uh, he did more things for the stock that, under his watch than Steve Jobs. Would he risk going all in on a Disney acquisition? Or Tim Cook's known as a supply chain genius. How is he with movie? Well, Apple TV Plus is pretty good movies and pretty good TV shows comparatively to the other players in the industry. I think Apple TV series are a step above. And I didn't think that was going to be the case two, three years ago. 
but I've been pleasantly surprised. I probably watch my Apple TV Plus subscription. Definitely more than everything, but maybe Netflix and maybe even Netflix. Anyhow, let's wrap up the show, shall we? Um, back to school is going to be more expensive this year than last year. And it is officially back to school mindset in my head. How about yours? Um, the average American family, families with children in elementary school through high school will spend $890 this year, up about $25 more than last year. This is a new record. That's what inflation does. Families with college students are expected to spend an average of $1,366, more than $167 higher than last year. Now, this is all important, whether it's Christmas or back to school or Prime Day. American consumer spending makes up about 70% of economic activity. It grew a very modest 1.6% in the April-June period, following a 4.2% advance in the previous three months. Back-to-school retail sales are up so far about 3%, 2.9% year-to-date. Um, and yeah, we've been talking about recession, so there's fear that you know maybe the kid doesn't get a new pair of shoes or the kid doesn't get something. So for back-to-school, you're going to look at clothing. You're going to look at electronics. One. On Amazon Prime Day, which was back July 11, 12, uh, 24% of shoppers bought apparel and shoes behind only home goods, 28%. Um, so shoes and apparel are important. Electricity, electronics feel pricey, but pivotal for students. Um, you know, when do you give your kid an iPhone? Depends on you for sure, but um, calculators, tablets, laptops accessories headphones speakers things that you need if you're going to be pulling off um, learning in the school system anyhow i digress you can find me online at rob black show twitter rob black show youtube rob black show big event coming up in august at the house hotel find out more at robblackshow.com think you're in good shape for retirement find out how you're really doing with the seven tests of retirement readiness Join Rob Black and CFP Chad Burton of EP Wealth Advisors Thursday, August 24th in Los Gatos. They'll walk you through these seven tests to find out whether you are really ready for the retirement you want. Rob will provide timely commentary and Chad will share specific strategies for taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals, and more. If you have at least 500000 in investable assets and want to retire better, pass on your estate, and minimize taxes, this event is for you. Find out if you're on the right track with the seven tests of retirement readiness. Thursday, August 24th, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at the Los Gatos Toll House Hotel. Space is limited, so sign up today at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Can you pass all seven tests? Sign up today online at robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.